you've got to let people know. The help is there. You just have to know how to ask, not be afraid to ask, and try and stay as positive. Hello and welcome to HSE Talking Health and Wellbeing. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the new Understand Together Dementia campaign, I'm delighted to be joined by Fiona Foley, Senior Project Manager with the HSE National Dementia Office, and even more delighted to be joined by Kathleen Farrell, member of the Irish Dementia Working Group. Welcome, ladies. Thank you very much for having us. Fiona, I was looking at the numbers there, and it tells us that there's 64,000 people in Ireland living with dementia. Is there still a stigma, or are we getting better? Is there still a fear about it, or are we improving? It's actually quite interesting because when you speak to people with dementia, they actually say that it's not so much a stigma itself, but it's actually a lack of understanding of what dementia is and how dementia affects a person. So I do think we've come a long way in reducing stigma and really have worked a lot in trying to increase knowledge about dementia in our communities. Okay. And when you say how dementia affects a person, how does dementia affect a person? Well, I think we have to be mindful that dementia is the umbrella term. So underneath dementia, there are various types of dementia. So it could be Alzheimer's disease, it could be Lewy body, it could be vascular dementia. And everybody's experience with dementia will be different. So we always have to see the person for who they are and see where they're at at that given time of a diagnosis and of their experience okay. with dementia. And what would the early signs and symptoms, what would our listeners need to look out for if they were wondering, oh, you know, they've a member of their family or even themselves, what kind of telltale signs should they? Well, I think a lot of of? people would associate dementia with memory loss, but I think there are many more symptoms that, you know, that are prevalent also when it comes to dementia. So it could be that a person might lose their way in a familiar surrounding or that they might lose their interest in their hobbies and in their pastimes as well. They might have visual impairments, they might have physical impairments, so there could be different symptoms that could all be linked to dementia. So it is very important to get a a diagnosis and to get a real diagnosis when you are concerned that you might have dementia. And that must be very frightening for people if they start just, you know, losing their way or not remembering things. And do you think they're embarrassed then to tell people about it? I think, again, it depends on the person, doesn't it? And um, some people find it easier to talk to their family members or to talk to their friends about fears that they might have. And others find it much more difficult to do so. So I think, yes, everybody will have their own experience of going through, you know, the different symptoms of dementia and, and how dementia affects you. I think what we always advocate for is that we talk about dementia, that we do put it out into the open. Because not every symptom is dementia. So again, it could be something completely different. And you might be worried about your memory. You might be worried about having dementia when you might have a completely different condition that needs to be addressed. So we do want people to really talk about dementia and to raise awareness for dementia out in our community so that, you know, everybody feels that more supported as well. And this is why there's a new campaign, isn't there? Understand Together. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that campaign and what you're trying to do? and a little bit about inclusive communities. Yeah, it's a national campaign. And even though the HSE is leading out on the campaign, it is a real partnership approach. So we work very closely with Age Friendly Ireland, the Alzheimer's Society, Healthy Ireland, Dementia Information and Development Services, as well as Age and Opportunity. So they are some key partners to the campaign. And uh, we have a working group as well, and we meet regularly to look at what are some of the key aspects that we need to focus on. The main goals for the campaign is to raise awareness and understanding for dementia. 
And the goal then is to create inclusive communities where people take actions to make sure that people with dementia can stay active and supported within their own community. And people with dementia are very much at the heart of this campaign as well. They're part of our working group. They meet regularly with us. They discuss the topics that we want to progress on. And they also meet with our national partners and sit in focus groups and advise of what actions are actually meaningful in our communities. There is a fantastic group called the Irish Dementia Working Group, and there's also the Dementia Carers Campaign Network. And they are real advocates and they look at how can they raise awareness for dementia and also look at what can we do in our communities to make them more inclusive. Yeah, that's great. And there was a fabulous TV campaign for approximately two years. And what was so innovative about this was, is that we had people with dementia themselves speaking about their own experiences, about living with dementia, about being part of their community, how important community is. And that really made a big impact on people realizing that there's more to dementia and we do need to know a little bit more about it as well to be able to support people. Because you'd often hear people saying things like, oh, well, I'm not sure if they've got dementia or Alzheimer's. Like you said, it's an umbrella term. Dementia is the umbrella term like Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's would be the most prevalent form of dementia, but you do have vascular dementia, you have Lewy body dementia, you have frontotemporal, you have early onset dementia as well. So that would affect younger people because a lot of times Ah. people would think that dementia only affects older adults. Yes. And while the prevalence is much greater when you're older, you have people who are in their 40s, in their 50s, who have dementia as well. We have to be really mindful of that. Is there something that we can do to try and prevent dementia then? Is there anything that we can do or is it just something that happens? Yeah, and again, that's something that, you know, we would be advocating for very strongly as well, is that we look after our brain health. Yeah. And there are things that we can do because there are specific risk factors for dementia. And especially if you look at vascular dementia, for example, so if you look at smoking or drinking excessive alcohol or, you know, other lifestyle habits such as healthy eating, physical activities, those are all things that we can do to improve our brain health. And one aspect that is extremely important is staying socially active and engaged for our health. And whether you already have dementia or whether you're trying to prevent dementia, that social inclusion is really important. And that's why we, as part of the campaign, are trying to advocate for our communities to be inclusive, that we welcome people with dementia, that people with dementia can connect, can engage, can stay active and social in their own communities. And Fiona, what does that look like on a daily basis? So if I'm somebody with dementia and I go to my local village or whatever, what would it really mean to me as somebody with dementia? What would I see? What would be different than any other community? And I think it's probably good to talk to somebody with dementia about that. And I'm delighted we have Kathleen um, here for that. Because what we always say is the experience shouldn't be any different for a person with dementia than it is for us. Community is important to all of us. So if I go into my community, I might need public transport for that. I might need to go to the bank. I might need to go to the post office. But I also want to meet friends and go to a coffee shop or I want to go to my local choir or to a sports club. So that is no different for a person with dementia. So what we're trying to say is that we encourage all these organizations and all these businesses that they look out of how they can support a person to continue to do these things. Often it is kindness. Often it is a bit of understanding of how you can support a person with dementia. So let's say somebody might have difficulties navigating the environment, coming into a business. It might be a noisy environment. So can we do something about that that we reduce the noise levels? 
that we make sure that it is a space where people feel that they are welcome as well, that they know that when they come in, that a staff member can support them, that they have a bit of understanding. So we advocate for training, for example, that people do do dementia awareness training and see how they can make sure that a person can stay active and engaged. So our local supermarket, for example, the staff that work there would be given a little bit of advice. That it, so if you saw somebody wandering around the shop, and Kathleen, you might be able to help us with this because I know you're well known in your community, but that they would then be able to guide them. And, and I think that's really interesting what you said, Fiona. It's not just dementia, it's just a little bit of kindness that people can show to their community. So it maybe is a much further reaching, it hopefully will have a much further reaching impact than just for people with dementia. Yeah, and that's what we're really hoping to do is that yeah. while we're still talking about dementia at the moment, because it is important to talk about dementia yes. and to bring it out into the open and to, as you said, increase understanding of dementia. In the future, hopefully, we will only be talking about inclusive communities yes. and whether that's for somebody with a physical impairment, with a visual impairment, a cognitive impairment, it doesn't matter that we are inclusive for people out there because community life is key for us. We need to stay active. We need to stay engaged. We need to want yeah. to be socially included. So how can we achieve that? So, Kathleen, what does it mean for you living in a community that is practicing the Understand Together campaign? Very important, first of all, major important, because as a person living with Lewy body dementia with Parkinson's, it's physical for me as well as mentally, because they see the stick and they definitely straight away will think, what's wrong with her? So I'm trying to encourage people to actually ask, rather than see people walk into the other side of the road and think, what's wrong with her? But in my situation, I have to say it's been 100% successful because I'm not the only one in our area in Belgard Heights that has dementia. But what it is is that I would say I'm very open about it. It's like what Fiona says about stigma. I think stigma might just come more so even now to the person that has the dementia because a lot of people and a big percentage of people with dementia don't want anyone known for fear that they will be treated differently. So in the inclusive community, I mean, you don't have to go singing it from the rafters and say, you know, I have dementia. But it should be a situation where the person with dementia is not afraid and not feel, I can't say this, because there's nothing wrong with saying it. How were you diagnosed? What did you notice? What were the signs for you? Well, I'm two years diagnosed in August. And prior to that, for about three years, I was having an enormous amount of falls. Right. Uh, Now, serious falls, not just trips. I broke my jaw, I broke my arm, I got 16 stitches in my head. Oh my goodness. Um, I was a frequent flyer to Tala Hospital yeah. for my chin. I'm sure, you know, they must have thought, what is wrong with this girl? I was beginning to think they thought I was on something because yeah. I was constantly there. But nobody ever said to me in Tala Hospital, or even my GP, who I said to her, you know, I'm really getting concerned about this. And the tremors in my hands. And they still thought, don't worry about the tremors. But the falls became an issue when I actually broke my jaw. And that's when the consultant said to me, how many falls would you have? And I was telling them. And Kathleen, once you realised your diagnosis, what kind of changes have you had to make? Or did you 
learn to make in your life to make it easier well, to cope? I was actually very lucky in a lot of ways. And people say, how could you call having Louis by the dementia? Mm. Lucky. But I actually was. In town hospital, they weren't sure what was going on, but I couldn't walk. And apart from the delirium and the hallucinations, I couldn't walk at all. And I couldn't make sense of anything. Like if you put a pen in front of me, I wouldn't know why, you know, if you want me to write something. Yeah. I, the two wouldn't click. So um, they transferred me over to Piedmont Hospital. They were very concerned about the walking because I couldn't walk at all. Okay. And by pure luck, there was a consultant there who was doing uh, what they called a paper on Louis Some Body. research. Research into yeah. the whole thing. She never, ever said to me at up to a certain point, she just said, I'm doing some work on dementia. And that scared me. I thought, no, yeah. I haven't got dementia. All of the things that happened to me was happening again in Piedmont and houses going on fire. And I remember asking the nurse one night, when were they going to evacuate? How long does it take before you evacuate? And she's like, what? Oh, you know, Kathleen, they were very frightening They were very frightening, but... Every time we repeated to the consultant what was going on, she came up within three or four days of saying, look, there's this particular scan. It's called the dancer scan. And they said, look, we're going to get this for you. So was I lucky? Yes. Was I happy with the result by them telling me I had this Lewy body mm. dementia with Parkinson's? Mm. which made all the sense. With the falls and everything. With the falls. The falls yeah. were all part of this. And of they did ask that, did you fall a lot? And, you know, every time I'd say, yes, I did. I mean, mm. I think in Piedmont, I had about three falls oh, before they could get the whole thing under control. Yeah. And then when you did come home that time, what kind of changes did you have to make in your house? And I know by the sounds of it, your sister Bernadette helped yeah. a lot. But do you live on your own? No, I live with my sister and this 91-year-old okay. aunt. But so what kind of, for you, what kind of changes what kind did of it changes? make? The main one was is that we got a great social worker. And in the beginning, I was like, what do we need a social worker for? Yeah. But she was fantastic. And they got me a hospital bed for a start right. because you have to be careful getting out of the bed because if you get out too fast and your feet don't hit the ground, you'll get a fall. And the obvious things like keeping it at a certain length and you wouldn't get a bed to go that far. And they were very good at apologising for the fact that they'd have to put the cot up on the side. Yeah. But they'd only be used in a real case of emergency that you wouldn't harm yourself. Of course, yeah. And you have one of those beds at home now? I have, Great. Yeah. And do you find it helpful? Oh, very. And so it's safe in the kitchen. If you want to go in and make kitchen, a cup of tea, what no, kind of things did the you... The kitchen to me is a no-no. Okay. I think I bought and said this to Fiona. Yeah. I love cooking. Right. Um, I would be great at bringing people in and having a dinner, but that's gone now. But that must be hard. It is hard. It's one of the harder ones that I yeah. have to cope with because I burn pots. I've set tea towels on fire and not even noticed that they're... In flames, yeah, yeah, putting stuff in the microwave to say, I do that with the dinner, and you're sitting down at the dinner, and halfway through, you think, Did I not pee or okay. something like that in the microwave? You find more times that I leave things in the microwave than actually eat them or I use know. them. 
you have to leave reminders for yourself? Well, we tried that and it worked for a few weeks, but then you get fed up writing down this, okay. this and this. So I'm not used to kitchen under supervision. Okay. And I need the supervision. At first, I sort of denied it all along and I kept saying, no, yeah. no, I'm not that bad. But when I saw the flames one day, well, of, that was a I warning thought, sign wow, for you. Is that not a warning to you? So now we've put in a fire extinguisher, a very small fire extinguisher in the kitchen and, okay. the, and the blanket. Yeah. So but, you're putting all the things in place. In, in place. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we're getting time as such to make the changes. And to make it a bit safer for you. Yeah. yeah. Ironing now would be another one. I actually, one of those rare people who love ironing. And I've got loads of ironing. Okay, well. (laughs) (laughs) But the burns on my hands were unreal. Where I wouldn't even know. You wouldn't feel it. I wouldn't feel it until I'd finished something and then I'd be looking and think, where did that blister come from? So those are the kind of things, like you can make the changes and you learn to make the changes yourself. But do I get down about them? Absolutely. Every time something new happens, it gets me down. As I just say, I'm not going down with the ship. Yeah. Uh, I'll be hanging on up there. It's difficult to know that the things that you took for granted in your home, in your community, anywhere at all, are there differences? Yes, there are. And you have to think. So that would be why I'm actually very conscious that people know that I have dementia. Yeah. That I'm not saying kind of making it God love me, I have dementia. It's not like that at all. But I need to be safe. Yeah. And if I'm not safe, the only people that keep me safe is family. Family and your community. Community. Yeah. And Fiona, what does it mean for a campaign like Understand Together to have somebody like Kathleen involved as a patient's advocate? It's absolutely vital. We wouldn't be doing anything without, you know, having people with dementia, families, carers, supporters be part of this campaign and advise of what we should be doing because they are the experts. They're living with dementia and they will be able to say what is important in their community. And again, this whole campaign, it's all a partnership campaign. So even when we're looking at the community and how are we getting people and organizations involved? They're all partners to us. So if you're looking at the transport providers, if you're looking at the retail, whether it's boots, whether it's financial services, they're all key to this campaign and they're all making changes to their services, to their you know training to make sure that they can be dementia inclusive. Yeah. And the same with the community groups, you know, whether it's, you know, men's sheds or whether it's the choirs, the museums are fabulous with dementia inclusive tours. So all of these things are really important that we work together with them. But they also meet with people with dementia, because, again, if you want to look at how you can you improve your service and what changes can you make, ask the experts. Absolutely. That would be true of transport in Rodermen. They're absolutely fantastic. Once you tell them, look, I have dementia, they put you usually in the first class and they say, where do you want to get off? And like I go to Charleville quite a bit. So somebody will come with you and bring you to... Well, we, let's see. just say somebody would take me to Houston yeah. and they would tell the conductor, I don't know what, inspector or whatever, yeah. they would say, look, you know, this is my sister. She's going down to Charleville. Right. We, can you keep your eye on her and make sure she gets off at Charleville? But if you keep an eye yeah. on her, that she's still in the sea. Because there's every possibility, in my case, that if I go up to use the bathroom, you go to a different... I 
you know, I've no sense of direction as to whether it's to the right or to the left. Yeah. And, you know, so then I panic and I could be up the top of a train. So that's fantastic. So that it must mean that they, in Rodair and staff have been educated of how to deal with Yeah, very much so. That's great. They really are. They're fantastic. But it's your openness as well, your openness about your condition. Well, that's why I would love to be able to get through to people with dementia. Yeah. Um, we have to be able to admit that there's a problem. Um, you know, and that there is help, and it's not only coming. It's there's such a lot there, isn't there now, Fiona? Yeah, you can really see the changes in communities. Mm. And you know, while our partner work is one of the work, but we have lots of local community champions. So they are volunteers. They're people from the healthcare services. There would be people from tidy towns and others who are really getting together to create mm. an inclusive community. When you say inclusive community, what does it look like? You know, just the symbol, what is it? So basically what we did, because you have so many services and so many activities and so many groups now out there who are welcoming people with dementia, we created a symbol to show things are changing, that there is a real culture change in our communities. And again, this creation of the symbol was together with people with dementia, with their families, with our partners, with local champions to see, well, what should the symbol look like? And the symbol is very simple symbol. It says dementia inclusive community. So it's, mm. wherever you see that symbol, you know that there will be support for a person with dementia, that people with dementia are welcomed into a service, into a group, into a setting. And again, that symbol is so important, I think. And you wear it very proudly, I, um, I Kathleen, do. because it makes you feel that it, you can go well, somewhere. Somebody else. will always ask, what's the badge about? Yes. You know? And when I tell them, well, they always say something like, but you don't have dementia. Like in one way, I find it frustrating yeah. because the level that I'm at, that they don't know what my level is. And it's almost like you have to try and convince people because it's not as straightforward as looking. You can't see you it. You can't see it. Well, you can see because you have, you have your stick, so that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. But they can't see the dementia. And, yeah. you know, during the week, I was out going on one of my rare trips that I met across the road. This man with, with his dog was walking and I know him and he said to me, is it your hip or your knee that you're using the stick for? Yeah. And I said, no, it's Parkinson's. He started asking me then, like, how do you get Parkinson's at your age? Yeah. And I was telling him about the Lewy body dementia and that yeah. it was part of it. And, you know, for the few minutes that we chatted, he said to me, do you know what? You're an inspiration. Said, but you are an inspiration, Kathy. My father has, has um, Louis bodies. He yeah. said, but we have them sitting in a chair all the time. They're, They're afraid, afraid of their life to yeah. let them move out. And, and I understand that. And I, I know how difficult it is for a carer of a person in particular, in my case, in the Louis bodies. It is scary. You've got to let people know. And I think, Kathleen, with you as well, you've been so instrumental in the symbol campaign itself, mm. because not just have you joined the development and creative of this campaign, but you also were the poster girl of it as well. And you had this fantastic experience that you shared with us where you said that once the poster was out there, even family members who hadn't been in touch for a long time with you had contacted you again because of it. Yeah. They must have thought you were a celebrity, Kathleen, did they? <laughs> I was saying this to Fiona and the girls in the office one day when I was diagnosed first and we were telling people there was three guys in work 
One I worked very closely with, and even when I had to retire early, we kept in great contact. Yeah. And once I told him about the Louis bodies and the dementia, I never heard from him. Never, oh, never heard from him. But there was another lad, Jimmy is the guy's name, and he knows I say this all the time. When I told him first, he's in Limerick, and he put the phone down because he said he couldn't deal with I can't, oh. I can't deal with Kathleen. But as soon as the posters went up, they both rang and said, I thought oh, you said fantastic. you had dementia. So, yeah. you know, I said, yeah, but, you know, I still can walk and talk and yeah, might be different, but I could still do it. And You're still it, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah, I'm still me. Yeah. And I found from the posters that was absolutely amazing. My niece, actually, and this was so funny, she was on the dart one day going into the city and I got this text from her. She would say she was sitting on the front seat yeah. and there was two people behind yeah. and they were face to face and I didn't see her at the time, the poster. And these two people were sitting down reading and I texted my niece and I said, well, what's wrong with you? tongue you. <laughs> you know, what, what are you sending me texts like that for? I said, what are those people doing? Is, yeah. is everything above board? <laughs> and she said, it's not them, it's you. Will you look up at the post? Oh, there you were behind them. <laughs> and honestly, it was so hilarious. She says, I told them that you were my aunt. And yeah. she said, they're looking at me as if they were a bit taken aback, you know, as you can imagine. Like, I know. Who is this girl talking to me across the chair? It was so that funny. Lovely, though. Yeah, it, it really so, was. They must be so proud of you. Well, she, every time she sees something, she'll send me a text and she'll say, There you are again. There you are again, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah. We're so proud of you. I know, it is fantastic. But Kathleen, to think that you've put so much work into it, and I believe you're a big celebrity in your local community, that everybody knows you in your own local inclusive community. Well, they do. I would have been one for trying to look out for other people with this. Okay. With disabilities, it'd be a hidden or be a physical ones that you can see. But you would always know, and um, the local news agent would always know, and they'd say, oh, poor Paddy, whatever, he's yeah. he's failing. And I know there used to be this poor man. He was in his late 80s, and he used to sit in the car to listen to the radio, and he lived on his own, and he'd have a bit of dinner in the car to listen to the radio. I'd knock on the car window, and I'd say, what are you doing? <laughs> he says, I'm having me dinner. <laughs> and we'd say, well, why can't you go in? Yeah. And I got a group of people together to actually help him and we put the radio in the house for him. Oh, he just didn't have the radio in the he house. He just didn't have the radio oh, in the house. God. And he didn't, he thought all he had, he had to do was sit in the car to get the radio. Oh my God. And you were organised. So we organised, I all helped organise. Well, with the lad out of the shop, at the end of it all, family are brilliant, and I can honestly say my family, I'm blessed with them. There's nine of us, and I don't think there's a day that we don't talk to each other. And it's not. You must about, be on the phone full time. It's not me, it's Bernd, and if it's not Bernd, it's one of my other yeah. you know, siblings that might be in the house. Saturday yeah. and Sunday, we just say, this is like Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> yeah. You know, they come through this house. It's fantastic to have all that support, Kathy. It is, but you need it with your community yeah, as well. you do. Yeah. And that's fantastic. And Fiona, there is a few different helplines in different places that people can go to to get support and to get help. 
if they feel like maybe either themselves or their family members may be getting a little bit forgetful or may, like Kathleen said, maybe having a few falls or there's some early signs. Obviously, they go to their GP as well. I mean, in the first instance, but if they did want to just inquire about it, where's the best places for them to go? As you rightly said, you can talk to your GP, but there's also a helpline that is manned by the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland. So you can call the helpline at 1-800-341-341. You can just voice your concerns if you have a concern. You can ask questions. If you already have a diagnosis with dementia, they can help you and pinpoint you to dementia advisors or to other services in the community. So right. it's a definite, really important so service to advise have. advise you to people in near to you. They were very uh, instrumental in me joining the advocacy group. I think it was about six months after I was diagnosed and I got very frightened. Like up to that, I'd been dealing with it. Yes. And this particular day, I felt, gosh, you know, what's going to happen to me? And I was I really, really down. And my GP had said to me, you know, Kathleen, you should phone one of the helplines. And I remember when she said it to me, me saying, oh, I'm not going down the road, I want to you know, helplines. But I, something came to me and just said, ring the Alzheimer's helpline and see. And I'm not sure the girl's name now, but she spent an hour on the phone with me. Fortunately, we do have dementia advisors in every county and we also have the memory technology resource rooms in every okay. county. So those are two really vital and important services that people can avail of and can go to. Okay. And then on the Understand Together website as well, there is a service finder. So you can look at what are the services in your local communities and whether they are healthcare services or whether they are community-based services. So you can find those on the service finder on the website as well. On the website or phone the phone number that you just gave, which was 1-800-341-341. Yeah, that's the National Helpline as well. Okay. The help is there. You just have to know how to ask, not be afraid to ask and try and stay as positive because the day might come when they're not as positive. I'm not under any illusion what might happen to me in the future. I hope it's a long time away, but you don't know. And that's the thing with Louis Buddy. You're never going to know what's going to happen. But I think that's a lovely point to finish on, Kathleen, to say that there is help out there for people. And I think that we have to send a strong message to those people living with dementia, that they and their families are valued and respected members of our communities throughout Ireland. And like Fiona said, we want to help people living with dementia stay socially connected in their local communities. And we want to make those local communities as accessible for everybody. The helpline number is 1-800-341-341. And the website that we're signposting you to is understandtogether.ie. So I'd like to thank you for joining us today to Fiona and particularly to Kathleen, our inspiration for today. You've certainly inspired me, Kathleen. And we'd like to also thank our listeners. We appreciate your support on our podcasts. We'd like to ask you to share the podcast with one other colleague or any of your friends or family members. If you want to leave us a rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this episode, we'd really appreciate it. And hopefully you can join us next week for our next episode.